1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: On today's episode, Rove returns to discuss Once Upon Time, the third episode of the new Doctor Who season, Flux. My name is Justin Hamilton, and nobody gets by without some bruises here at Big Squid. Thank you for joining me today as we hit the eye of the storm for the new Doctor Who series. Uh, I guess that means we're right in the middle of it now and, uh, well, things are starting to get really timey-wimey tricky for our favourite Gallifrey and uh, another fun episode for the season. And look, I'm just going to be honest with you, this is the type of episode that is right in my wheelhouse, like completely and utterly. Uh, I know these are the types of episodes that people get frustrated with, that they say there's too much going on, that they can't follow it, what's the point, etc, etc, and I hear what you're saying, and too bad, so sad for you, because I love it. <laughs> it's it's always been one of my kind of bugbears, is that there's kind of not more of this with Doctor Who, and I know it's uh, family entertainment, so you've got to keep it relatively straightforward, but uh, anyway... We'll bring Rovin to talk about this in just a second. Uh, but first, a quick run through for what's going to happen this week. On Tuesday, I will be uploading the second episode in our David Lynch director series. Uh, ben Elwood is back and we are discussing The Elephant Man. Then on Thursday, it's Ben again and we are continuing our 10-part limited series, Space Podyssey, where we are covering some of our favourite science fiction movies. And this week, we're looking back at a little 80s film called E.T. Have you ever heard of it? Of course you have. What are we doing? Like, of course you've heard of E.T. But I reckon the better question is, do you remember just how good it is? And I reckon it's a masterpiece. Like, just even better than I remembered. I think that's because you kind of remember the Broad brushstrokes of it, and then when you get into the minutiae of the movie, it's just incredible. So, uh, that will come out on Thursday. And I have a review that I've written for the new Kenneth Branagh film Belfast, and I'm off to see Edgar Wright's last night in Soho in just a few hours. So Maybe, I have a pretty full-on week, but maybe we'll do another little bonus mini-episode on Friday with those reviews, like we did last week for the latest James Bond movie. So I'll see how the week is playing out, but if I have time to record it uh, and, uh, and of course, produce it, I'll let you know. But I'll, I'll try to see if I can get that up on Friday for you. Uh I'll know more as the week wears on, so uh, keep an ear out for that. Uh, for our Patreon subscribers, we have a bonus Q&A episode for you, and this week's guest is comedian Total Reboot and why is Cat's co-host Cameron James? Uh, we asked our subscribers to produce the questions. And we have answered them. A really, really fun podcast. Cam shares some stuff that is phenomenal. And if you missed last Friday's mini-pod, uh, that was the one with the James Bond No Time To Die review, uh, you can hear a little snippet of Cam on there. I just put a little, a little taste So you can uh, get your head around it. That will be available on Wednesday. So for everyone on the Patreon, check your RSS feed. I know that there have been times where people are saying, what do you mean? No, I didn't get the episode. You have to go to your RSS feed and you will have the episode there Um, if you're not a subscriber but would like to be head over to justin hamilton big squid at patreon and you will find a tier that suits you best Uh, as a subscriber you also have an episode dedicated to you and our patreon shout out goes to sarah bennett who has been a long time listener and uh, not just that but also an extremely fun and healthy contributor to our private facebook page sometimes i feel like she does a better job of keeping everything running there than i do (laughs) i i I come in, I find out what's happening between... Sarah and Anna at the moment, they're really starting to sell me on this new upcoming Amazon series, The Wheel of Time. So there's a possibility Uh, I went from not having any interest whatsoever, but uh, reading what Sarah and Anna have been talking about it and, uh, and uh, Malk has also seen it seen the first two episodes said it was good. So they're winning me over to that. Uh, You might not know this, but Sarah Bennett is also an author and has churned out a number of novels in the contemporary and romance genres so if you're keen to check out her work which includes the bluebell castle books uh, the butterfly cove series the lavender bay trilogy or her new series mermaid's point you can find her work over at the amazon sites thanks for being a subscriber sarah but also thank you for being such an active and positive participant on the big squid facebook page which in turn influences this podcast It's always great to hear from you, even when you're letting me know you will never watch a race ahead after our description of the movie. I appreciate it. I totally appreciate it. All right. I'm going to go and grab Rove so we can discuss episode three of the new Doctor Who adventure, The Flux. This episode is called Once Upon Time. On my command. Time is beginning to run wild. This episode was completely and utterly in my wheelhouse. I loved the the scattered approach to it. Uh, it felt like you were watching a group of people dream and you know, like you never travel in a dream, do you? You just kind of go from one scenario to the next, often without rhyme and reason. And I know that i haven't read what people thought of this episode online but i would hazard a guess there would be some who would be pushing back against this style of storytelling but for me i loved it this feels exactly how a doctor who episode should go and how, how did you uh, uh, enjoy the structure of this episode
1: I really enjoyed it as well. I think last week, if I think we made mention of an episode that was titled War of the Sontarans. You could have cut all the Sontaran stuff out. Right. And really it was about what was happening uh, on the planet time in the Temple of Atropos. It was really the main story. Yeah. This week it didn't feel like there was any element of it that wasn't important. Yeah. And... I'm the same as you. I like when you're jumping around and as you leave each scene, you want to straight, get straight back to it. But at the same time, you've you've gone to another part of the story that you wanted to catch up on as yeah. well. Um, and great. I love it when you acknowledge, hey, I feel like I'm in a dream. Like, yes, this is like yeah, as referencing. Yes, I'm in my house with my sister, but it all looks wrong. That's exactly right. what you think in a dream. Uh, yeah. I love when... When it's uh, that's able to be um, acknowledged that way in, in a show or film, and they did it well.
0: And they did it really well, and uh, I particularly enjoyed getting the actors to play different characters, and, uh, we, you know, we'll dig into it a little bit more uh, as we go further into the episode. Uh, specifically, Jodie Whittaker, I thought, was on song in this episode, but uh, watching, you know, people kind of not acting quite right it just added to the surrealness of the dreamlike quality of the episode.
1: Yeah, I thought Jodie's delivery... When she was the uh, police offsider yeah. to Yaz talking about the takeaway place, yeah, she just had to rattle off a huge stream of dialogue, but just it came out as one big piece of verbal diarrhoea. Yeah. And was so wonderfully portrayed in a way that wasn't her being the doctor; it was just her just being this, you know, um police partner for Yaz. That was one of my favourite moments in the whole episode. I love. <laughs> I, I think Jodie's just such a great actor yeah. That, um, that, yeah, I, I just love getting to see her in this position where she is even playing nuances of the Doctor, like when there's the flashback of The Siege of Adropore, and she's just getting to show just what a range she has, which normally doesn't happen with an actor playing the Doctor. They normally just sort of have to keep it. As, as the one role for their whole run. So yeah. I love that she deflects her acting muscle this way.
0: Oh, it was so good. I actually picked that she was the fugitive doctor or, you know, Dr. Ruth or whatever we want to call her. I, I picked that she was that doctor in those scenes literally mm. from her acting. Like it, the way she she wasn't acting like uh, the Jodie Whittaker doctor, she was acting like the, the Ruth doctor. And it was like, oh, that's that's really impressive.
1: Yeah. And when it was flickering in and out of each one, you didn't, it didn't seem disjointed, like it really blended nicely and made me realise how close these characters really are, more, more so than we probably thought when they first met.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you encouraged me after we finished the last episode. You encouraged me to go back and watch a couple of the episodes from last season. Uh, and uh, I went back and, uh, you know, the the original Jadoon episode where this mm-hmm. Doctor was revealed. You know, something I just, I don't know if it was, well, look, who knows why. But I feel like I didn't quite appreciate the subtlety of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor uh, when first time through, and when I've been going back and watching her episodes, I, I feel like there's been a lot more going on that isn't as obvious as has been with, say, you know, like a David Tennant, who I love, but David Tennant gets a scene and he chews it and he chews it and he chews it <laughs> until there's nothing left, and that is not a criticism at all. That was just his style, whereas I feel like there's been just – these little subtle kind of uh, bits and pieces that she's added to her performance that maybe I just didn't witness first time around.
1: Do you know what I've noticed as well is I thought, and this this week, this episode was a perfect example with everybody being split up and almost to the point where we got everybody's subplots, including Vinda. and including uh, that in part is this bell character that we're introduced to as well, you were able to keep track of what everyone was up to and everybody felt like they had a purpose and everybody felt like they had a reason and you were invested in what every single one of them, the, the path that they were taking and how they would possibly intertwine at some point. When there had been... Episodes in the last two years where you would come away going, "What's the point of Ryan being there? What is yeah. what is Yaz doing?" Yeah, you know, like Jody. E- even some points where you'd be sitting there going, "Geez, the the doctor seems to be the person with the the least kind of agency in yeah. in fixing whatever problems happening week to week." And I feel like maybe this is a really good example of when the showrunner. So the person who has the idea of here are the characters I want, here's what I want my doctor to be, she's going to be, and I'm going to cast a female, I want there to be three companions, Who this is who they're going to be, I'm even going to help cast them, here's how I see it playing out. When they are also writing the scripts, what yeah. a difference it makes. When you're saying to, as a showrunner, handing over your concepts, your ideas to third-party writer to then say can you script this and they're like there's four characters i've got to play with here how do i do that when when you're not the one who's come up with them maybe that's why some of the episodes in the past have been detrimental to the jodie whittaker era is because chris chibnall wasn't writing every single line of dialogue
0: yeah yeah it's funny isn't
1: and, and wasn't uh, writing every episode uh, My wife has come back From being away And last night We watched chapters one and two Because she oh, hadn't great. seen it. And her, her response was pretty much Geez, why wasn't it like this From the start? Almost to the point where she was mad Like this is right. how they should have been doing it You know, we roll straight into the next story. You're really invested. High stakes that you can keep high because we're not going to take a breath with a story that's irrelevant the week after. Everything flows through. Everything has a reason. And I think maybe this is because the person who perhaps everyone was most critical of is actually now 100% all over this show and that's the difference maker.
0: Maybe that's the way it should go in the future. Would you prefer having a Doctor for five seasons and those five seasons are four to six part stories each and they're written by the one writer?
1: You yeah, know, so I would much rather if you said, oh, we've got six episodes and it's a storyline that you don't have to release your grip on because you can hit the accelerator from episode one and keep it going because we've only got six. Like here we are, we're past halfway. At the yeah. end of the credits is past halfway, and and not only that, geez, the budget. I feel like we've got a, a twelve episode budget into six episodes. Yeah, because yeah. it looks, it still looks amazing. Uh, and if that was how it was going to be, and it's every other year, I would, I would take that. It's yeah. I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this this era or this way of doing Doctor Who. And if yeah. it means there's only one person writing the six scripts then fine if that person's the right person for the job which I'm sure they would be if they're a showrunner then yeah. absolutely
0: Uh, So I've got something that I want to throw your way. I was a guest on Adam Richard's podcast recording Mm -hmm. earlier today, and uh, I know that he's a big theory guy, and I had a theory, and I shared it with him, and I said, don't. Send this to Rove before I chat to him But we were introduced to uh, A brand new character In Belle who once again They've done a really good job of Introducing a character that you don't Really know but you get a keen sense Of who they are very quickly And as the episode progresses we discover That Belle and Vinda are Mm -hmm. But you know a couple Mm -hmm. She's also pregnant Mm Mm-hmm. And if anything that's been awful for this doctor is discovering that she has no idea who she is. So what if Belle and Vinda are her parents and they're the people that put her on the outside of that place where she's found by the uh, early Gallifreyan?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You had that as well, right? I had a a similar thought because what was really interesting was the fact that we kept coming back to the fact that Doctor's going, Yaz's friend, what's his name? Oh, wait, I haven't even met him yet. I don't even know who he is. I haven't even been introduced to him. Yeah. And that, I was like, firstly, that's a really great piece of um, smarts by a script writer to take note of everybody at home and, and the other characters all know who this person's name is you have to be very aware of well the doctor wasn't ever officially introduced to him so if she was to say his name if you if you're keeping if you're keeping tabs on everything you would be going hey yeah that 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 didn't happen but the fact that she kept pointing that out otherwise you just go just don't mention it yeah but the fact that she's gone out of her way to mention that said to me i feel like this is important Yeah, because it happened more than once. And then, yes, with with the reveal at the end, I went, aha, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. So I'm still very much of the mindset that everything, more than ever before, don't just assume that everything's happening in a linear way, that every time we cut to something else, it's happening at the same time. Once again, we had our first version of Swarm which is good to see. Obviously, it makes sense that we've gone back. Yeah. The um, uh, uh, Ruth Fugitive Doctor looking at her reflection and going, who are you? Yeah. Suggests, okay, so when we met her in Fugitive of the Jadun, it was past all of this. So, yeah, who's to say, well, when we found Vinda, when and where was he? And why could it not have been... A long, long, long time ago. Well, that's
0: fascinating because when I first saw Belle, for the first appearance, or maybe even the first couple of appearances, I wondered if this was an earlier version of The Doctor. So then to flip it... So that's what made me start to think, well, wait a second, she's kind of adventurous and has something about her that reminds me of the Doctor. Then you look at Vinda, who is anti-establishment, but believes in due process and kind of has, uh, you know, he's brave, but he has a, a sense of moral justice and uh, yeah. will get down on himself for you know he, he, that that moment is that he regrets he regrets because he listened to uh you know the grand serpent saying turn off the recording and that feels yeah. very much like a doctor thing as well
1: and we've lent in very heavily on the he he's doing the right thing He is a good just person um and doesn't have he now doesn't have a home planet yeah. so he's going to be wandering around now to to end up who knows where and also the very interestingly at the start when Belle sees the daleks she's saying oh um uh, oh, we we've, we've seen them before yeah She said, oh, you know, they're around here, but we've fought them before. And I thought, who is she saying we to at first when we don't know who the recording's for? And I thought, well, she could be saying we as in her fellow freedom fighters because you see the other two characters that then get taken out by the nanobot things. Uh, But I thought, well, maybe whoever this message is for, that's who the we is. So if it turns out, as it turns out to be Vinder, I'm like, so does that mean he has experienced Daleks before? Where does this tie in? So mm, just a little throwaway line that could be more than it seems. But yeah. I reckon you're absolutely, absolutely on the money there. Certainly it's- it's, it's it's not it's not too out there as an idea.
0: No, and maybe the universe that we're seeing destroyed is – that original universe, you know, that the doctor's from. Like, mm. we might not even be, it might not even just be time that's nonlinear. It might be, you know, the universes that we're following the adventures in might not be the same universe.
1: Well, there was the, the, the line, uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, we can talk about the old lady a little bit later oh, on, yeah. but just getting to the line of the flux was placed because of you. Yeah. Um, and because it actually exists, says, well, you know, it does. It doesn't mean again. It's happening now because even the doctor is like, why does everyone else know about this except me? Yeah, surely I would know about this. So maybe it isn't something that's happening now. Maybe it's something that has happened before. She had her mind wiped by division. Yeah. Um, And it's just something that's, you know, now finding its way back to her or um, I still have also a a thought, maybe it is a theory, that from episode one, Swarm was in the prison. The members of division have turned up to go, hey, we're just checking in. Just seeing if you're okay. And, uh, yep, everything's fine. And Swarm says, no, it's not. And then the shields go down and he's free. Right. Then asks the question after he's been there apparently since the dawn of time, who was responsible for that? So I have a thought of has Swarm discovered the secret of division who were part of the time lords being, you know, we're going to start messing around with regenerations and jumping in and out of time and meddling with other people's business.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, who better to take advantage of that than someone who then steals that knowledge and that technology to go back in time and free themselves from a prison right as the division people turn up, which means he can suck their regeneration energy. And now he... Two can almost live forever because you've got a 12 regeneration cycle. Right. So what better weapon for a villain to have? Yes. Than to go, oh, I've just discovered your dirty little secret, which is, I think, the actual line that we hear in this episode. Yeah. And so then it's it's him that has gone back to free himself from uh, his own. Oh,
0: Yeah. Death. Yeah. I like the differences between the swarms as well. Like the second one is he's gurning uh, every opportunity. He kind of uh, delivers every line. Like he's just eaten like the most delicious chocolate in the world.
1: <laughs> but also, like I thought, um, you know, having the, the original, I say the original, the, the the first guy again, I was after so long, is it Sam Spruell? Is that the, the actor's name? Yeah. He's been playing the swarm that we've been seeing. I've been so invested in him and his character that when I realized, oh, this isn't him now, I got a little bit nervous because I thought right. I, really, I really dig his performance and I don't want it to be ruined by suddenly seeing someone else do not as good a job. But, man, it still works. And because yeah. it's, it's in the same way that you can say, well, I really like Jody Whittaker, but I also like David Tennant and I also like Colin Baker, like – it's different versions of the same character, it doesn't mean any one is better than the other. So, I really like the way that they haven't just mirrored the swarm character, it's, it's yeah. just someone else's interpretation of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've been loving that as well. Uh, something else I'm more loving is just a taste of Dalek and just a hint oh. of Cybermen. And it's uh, funnily enough, I, I feel like they've been done so many times and because they've been used so many times and they've been defeated so many times they lose a little bit of their sting just through you know the history of the show weighing down upon it but having just a little taste of the daleks floating by or just having that little moment of the cyberman was sort of more effective for me than having their own storyline
1: yeah i think so too i i think that that just yeah it sets up that uh you know as they as they float past, which is always cool to see as well, you forget that they can actually do that, Um, that uh, the Bell character has gone and hidden and, you know, it it seems like they're on this planet of rubble and that's been because of the Daleks. Uh, It's a great way of making them scary and then you can just walk away (laughs) without having to have them be defeated, which has always been the problem of any villain. The longer that they stay the longer that they come back the more they have to be defeated which means when they do return again the jeopardy feels like it's almost zero because they they lose every time yeah so in both these instances i think it's a great way of getting them into the mix without having to invest too much in them and you know it gets a nice nod to some classic monsters that we love
0: yeah, this one had heaps of them. You know, like uh, the uh, the, um, the Weeping Angels as well were used yeah. in- incredibly effectively. You know, especially that just that one that's stalking Yaz, turning up in rearview mirrors and side mirrors and TVs was great. And, the and then, phone,
1: you know, yes, because we remember from um, uh, it was to- uh, Time of Angels, I believe it was the well the. the- Matt Smith two-parter, yeah. and we one was in a screen, so even the visual of it is something that, that is enough to bring it through into reality. So we have seen that before. I would like everyone to stop going on about blinking. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. As, as funny as it was when the Doctor's like, don't blink, and Dan's like, I think I blinked. Like, <laughs> it's... Because the the Claire character in chapter one had the same thing of don't blink, don't blink. I know that's the catchphrase, and I'm okay with that. But what I would like is we forget, as iconic as that line has become, the lead up to it is don't look away, don't even blink. So I wouldn't mind just a bit of it's not blinking that makes an angel attack you, it's the fact that when you look away, that's, it, it can't attack you while you're looking at it. Yeah. So you have to keep your eyes open, and even if you blink, that's enough of a split second for them to jump. So it feels like if you're not across these characters, as much as they're trying to get this catchphrase into new viewers' vernacular, you need to make sure people understand the reason why they can't blink, not just yeah. blinking is a problem. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just one of those things. We'll see what happens next week when we're in a, in, you know, Full angel mode, yeah. But um, yeah, just to, just take your foot off the gas a bit on that would would be good. I think
0: it is a good point. It's like uh, because otherwise you would think that the weeping angels should be travelling everywhere with strobe lights because yeah. then you'd be blinking
1: <laughs> so quickly. When because when Claire, uh, Claire when Claire was fumbling for her keys, the whole yep. time she's saying "Don't blink, don't blink," and it's like no, 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 don't look away. That's why you're not looking down for yep. your keys. That's yeah. why you're not turning to look into the keyhole. Yeah. It's, you can't take your eyes off them for even yeah. a split second even when you blink. So just to just clarify, not clarifying, I think just let's not get caught up in the idea that blinking is what makes an angel attack you because it seems yeah. like that's the message being sent if you're not 100% aware of how it all works.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I think that is that is actually a good point. <laughs> that is uh, something that we should remember. Uh, let's have a look at the characters one by one because going back and forth between all of their adventures would be difficult to keep up with. So I think it's just easier to just take a character, have a look at them. Interesting with Dan, uh, it kind of fleshed out his character a little bit as someone who is capable of great passion but seems like he's been hurt in the past. Uh, his empathy's on uh, full display when he's told that he didn't meet up with Diane. And uh, what what are you uh, taking from uh, Dan's history?
1: Well, it's interesting because I think episode one, when I was like, I'm not really sure about this guy who's got nothing in his cupboards. And one of my uh, questions I was raising at the time about how he's so down and out was, I mean, look at him. He's he's a specimen for a man his age. He looks great and he's charming and funny and... So I liked that it was acknowledged, hey, how are you still single? Yeah. seems like a, a tiny, yeah, um, unimportant thing, but um, a lot more consequential to someone like me. And so I was actually really happy that that was addressed. And yeah. is this forgotten love story of, you know, geez, uh, the person who was a couple of the days out has just decided... Uh, I'm going to pull the pin on the wedding or was there something more, is there something more to that story? Again, we're about to head into weeping angels who love to touch people and make them disappear. Is that what happened? Oh, she just right. ran off or no showed on the day or did she disappear? Yeah. Um. So that seems like, it just seemed like, again, this was that came up for a reason and not just, to keep someone like me happy by saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we acknowledge Glenn <laughs> catch, and at yeah. this age he, should, he shouldn't just be hanging out with his mum and dad, who are extraordinarily young to be his parents. But um, I feel that maybe there's a little bit more to that, and I like that it's just fleshing out in, in pieces.
0: Yeah. Is Claire possibly the woman that
1: he was going to marry? Ooh, I never thought of that. Could be. She was, I mean, she was... Yeah, she was right out the front of his house. That well, yeah. at that point, it, it wasn't there. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that is part of it. We obviously get to see that she is part of the episode next week. So that will be. It will be good to see what happens there. Um, I think I feel like we'll end up. It'll be, Di and, um, Dan at the end there. A lot of people promising I'll help you get Di. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like Vinda, Vinda said, like, when he's gone to grab her from passenger, um, and nice to sort of find out how that works now yeah. this week. That was no, no big revelation at all, but just nice to sort of uh, have that question answered. But uh, when the doctor's like, no, just leave it, she's not here, we can get to this, and Vinda says, I promise I'll get her back for you. And you're like, you can't, mate, that's a big... Sweeping yeah. statement to make. And then the doctor says it as well. Um, it's almost a like a mum dad. Doctor- Thing, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's just a lot of promises being made. You're like, I don't know if you can keep that promise. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. these people do jump to conclusions that they'll be able to do everything. And
1: then you go, I promise I'll keep it. But at the same time, you guys head off on your own. I'll stay on this planet by myself. And yeah. hopefully we can hook back up and I'll, I'll meet Die somewhere and help you out.
0: And sort that out. Uh, I'm yeah. guessing the, the moment with uh, Joseph Williamson is a future memory for Dan, because that seemed interesting, didn't it?
1: And what were they both running from? Yeah. So we see pew, pew, pew lasers. Yeah. Dan starts running and then stops and went, hang on, what am I actually even running from? And then Williamson coming the other way is shooting at something, but it wasn't the little um, mites. Yeah. He he says, no, no, this is something different because Dan actually asked him, is that what you were shooting at? So what? What was it that they were running from? Something that can shoot. Um, if they're shooting that poorly, it could be the Santarans from last yeah. week. Say, uh, <laughs> the accuracy of a pack of stormtroopers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was a very interesting one. And yeah, again, the Williamson character seems to have a lot of the answers, but yeah. uh, is really isn't really giving away too much. Yeah, I've enjoyed the slow I'll be, burn. I'll be interested that. to know when his character. Gets to step forward, yeah, and we find out his relevance to all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the uh, adventure for you, um, the Yaz side outside of the the Weeping Angel, uh, it was it was kind of uh, it, not as revelatory as the other storylines, but it was also a good reminder of what Yaz's background is and where Yaz came from. So, I quite like that as a just a reminder of who she is.
1: Yeah, and we had the same thing last week when she in- introduced herself to Vinda and similarly when she introduced herself to Dan in Chapter 1, just saying, I'm Yaz, here's where I'm from and I'm actually a police officer. That was one of my big criticisms for uh, the first series with the the Jody Tardis team yeah. was especially, it's one thing when you're off planet and dealing with aliens, but when they were being held hostage by an earthling in a hotel that was riddled with giant spiders and he pulls a weapon on them, she's a police officer. Yeah. She should be saying, hey, hey, you can't do that. Um, So, again, now that it's in the hands of the man who created the character, I like that we've got a bit more of that coming through. It's very good to see.
0: Yeah. And uh, also... You know, the other policewoman just uh, kind of reaching over and taking food from her face, that's a bit familiar, isn't it? Like, we've been friends for a long time. I'm not leaning over to dab at your mouth with a tissue it would be pretty strange yeah yeah, yeah, that's true
1: yeah that was i I had that same thought i was like geez i know you know you spend every day probably getting ready to save each other's life but even that still feels like a line that's been crossed
0: yeah yeah wipe wipe your face mate that's that's where i would go with that
1: just say that you you have a little something just there just there What,
0: what are you doing yeah Uh, All the stuff with Vinda was fascinating as well. I was really enjoying uh, the Grand Serpent, uh, and once again, like who's that guy? Like who are those people that he's trading with? All of that stuff was pretty tasty. Is that like a? Is that potentially an early version of the of Gallifrey? Or like uh, is this? Once again, is this the other universe? Or
1: yeah, well we don't. Again, we we haven't really been. we haven't had it properly explained to us where where he's from Mm. um obviously he's a bit of a you know um a rogue hand solo-esque type of pilot who just kind of does his own thing and you know then just kind of shrugs it off as like hey it's what i was trained to do yeah but he's obviously a good man with a, a strong moral compass yeah um but yeah, the grand serpent. Haven't we all wanted to be in a position, especially for us as performers or anyone in the artistic community, just to be able to say, "Hey, here's the family of one of my most vocal critics. Take him out." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, "Wow. <laughs> Thank you very much." Yeah, if you if you want this thing from me, you know what you got to do is make it look like an accident. Yeah. Brutal. But, you know, also I applaud the fact that he still says, I want to lodge this complaint, and uh, and the response being, well, you know it's going to land on the desk of the Grand Serpent. And he says, yeah, but to get there, it has to go through all these other links in the chain of command that will then put it out there for everyone to know. Right. Um, Like you say, it's just setting him up as this is a really decent guy and to your point and your your potential theory before, it had before this episode dawned on me, why have we added another regular character like Vinda to what wasn't already full TARDIS when we're introducing Dan as well? Why do we need another person added to this story the whole way through if he isn't important? He's not just another passenger. No, well, not literally like yeah. our big... Our big dark side suit, <laughs> yeah. But he's not just another character in play here. He's he's got he has a reason for being here, and I reckon you're on the money with that.
0: It's exciting, isn't it? Well, the uh, the mm. Grand Serpent, uh, you know. There's something very biblical about that. And Swarm says that you know he wants to reign in hell is potentially yeah. Is you know, maybe the grand serpent is has not been the doctor's enemy, but the enemy of the doctor's parents, and the battle continues. Mm.
1: And also, uh, to get back a little bit to your theory, too, let's not forget Vinda, first person I know of to say, Oh, is this the TARDIS? I didn't think that oh, was real. Yes. So he's, Interesting. He's heard of them before. Yeah. Um, which I quite liked. I like the fact that, yeah, sure, you know, these things are around. If we all if there's characters who every now and again go, Oh, the legend of the Doctor, we've heard of this, well surely you've heard of right. time travelling Tardis as well, uh, and it just saved a lot of that stuff we had with Dan. Of hey, what is this? It's bigger on the inside. Yeah, yeah but we can skip all of that. It's just him going, "Oh, I know of these. These are cool. Can you teach me how to pilot it?" Right. But also, maybe there's more to that than there's. Maybe there's a particular reason why he knows what they are.
0: Yeah, I, I reckon you're right with the uh, just a breath of fresh air for someone to stick their head in and say, "Oh, great, I've heard of these," rather oh, than yeah. what. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, especially with how many people live on planets. You go, well, look, you, you're hanging out with a giant talking dog or you've just seen, uh, you know, these crazy um, beings that were caught in a time storm yeah. slotted into space and there's a guy with a crystal on his head and then you turn around and go, this, this box is bigger on the inside? The amount of times that's happened on some other planet where you go, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what's Should happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of the companions hiding in their time streams, and that's something that we've seen before when Clara and the Great Intelligence went to war uh, within the Doctor's time stream. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I would be totally up for a Clara uh, cameo, almost like those two adventures kind of cross over just briefly while (laughs) they're going in and out of the time stream.
1: I still am thinking... There's, I feel there's something there. It, it's I'm kind of now I'm at a fork in the road where I'm thinking we've shown uh, Cybermen, Weeping Angels uh, and uh, Sontarans. We've, we, we showed our new villains as well in the, in the trailer, I mean. So I feel as of next week we start getting things that we weren't expecting. Uh, yes, the Fugitive Doctor has returned. I think that was a, an expectation anyway. I'll get back to that. I have a thought I want to bring up about that. Great. Um, but I kept thinking, well, then there's got to be, what's the other big wow moment? And the only thought you could have is someone returning that we're not expecting. So the idea of, yeah, could it be Clara would be interesting. Um, but I'm now starting to think, Or is it just this is going to be such a well-written, well-crafted, well-written, well-executed story that the wow is actually going to come from just the writing and the reveal? And Like you say, we've set up this Vinda character and boom, surprise, surprise, here is canon reshuffled and that's enough to have you go, oh, my goodness, because... The journey has been has taken you the whole way. It hasn't been staggered with, and now we have a random episode with an alien you've never heard of before. And then at the end, the companions go, hey, whatever happened to that guy? And we come back to it two episodes later. You know, we've never really been able to have big payoffs because the series has never been written this way before with one person in control. So maybe, just maybe, we don't need a returning doctor, companion, You know, canine doesn't happen to have to fall out of the sky to have everybody go, oh, my God. And that's why the surprising hiding in plain sight of, look, everybody, there's a Sontaran. Look, everybody, the Weeping Angels are back, is really just masking the fact we have some massive reveals that are happening with the characters that we already have and ones that we are going to set up to then reveal in what is now three episodes' time. I'm actually starting to think that that's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I like that as well. You know, it's. Yeah. uh I, I I even liked, you know, having everyone's lives in danger at the end of an episode is not much of a thrill because, well, we know there's another episode, <laughs> so you immediately yeah. know it's it's like, uh, yeah, you you know that it's going to continue, but having uh, a weeping angel in charge of the TARDIS is like, oh. What's going to happen here? So that yeah. felt, and so it feels like you could be right about all the reveals are within the the, the construct of the storytelling rather than, uh, you know, some fan service.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's still there's still some of that. So anyway, I'll, I guess I'll bring it up now while I think of it. Just as a question: mm. Do you think now? That uh, Because obviously there was always the shot of we've seen... First thing, do you think we will see the... Will the Ruth Doctor sacrifice herself for the 13th Doctor? Like she will, you know, there's a, a battle or Swarm's about to do something and she sort of dives in front or, you know, someone has to stick around and push the big red button and it will be her. Does she sacrifice herself do we see that doctor's demise and when we do does she regenerate into the first doctor william hartnell right right do we basically see do we have it answered exactly where she slots into the timeline and would it be satisfying if something happens to her then she starts to regenerate and you see the white hair come out or you it, she regenerates into david bradley and that's your big return that no one's expecting. See, that'd be pretty he cool. Now been, he has now been anointed as the new actor playing the first doctor.
0: Yeah. See, I'd be quite into that. So you'd have to have I, a I reason. Have we do.
1: Yeah. I'd be. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And then the idea of well, I've just gone through this big flux episode and the universe was torn apart and put back together and now I understand how division works because they wiped my mind and it's been restored. I understand the Time Lords, oh, my God, they're lying, two-faced, horrible people. Yeah. Well, I don't want to have any part of them. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to steal a TARDIS and I'm going to go around and just be the fly in the ointment for the Division, the Time Lords and all the snobs of Gallifrey. And we actually get the reason why, which we've never had, why are you running, Doctor? Maybe the Doctor isn't running. Maybe the Doctor is out there intentionally trying to just fuck with the Time Lords and Gallifrey and now we know the Division. And, or, and that would be that would be a satisfying outcome for me.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe fixing their, you know, cuz they the, the division's quite clearly, you know, interfering. So maybe mm. you, you know, maybe like maybe now the, the doctor is Jason Bourne and uh, going up against the CIA, you know, it's that kind of storyline.
1: Because the other thing, the other thing I'm looking at is the uh, fugitive doctor as much as we're saying is it seems to be anyway, none of this is proven yet, but seems to be prior to William Hartnell's, in, in quotes, first doctor. Yeah. Because our doctor doesn't recognise, well, they don't recognise each other, so something's out of whack here. What we do know is that um, Cassavin? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: Carvinista.
1: Carvanista, sorry, yeah, sorry, because Carvan were the villains in in uh, Demons of the Punjab. I think Um, Carvanista was one of the fugitive doctor's crew, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he he must be either he's got to be pretty old, right? Nothing he you know, or or certainly where we have currently met him, he either has the ability to jump through time as well, yeah, or. He's lived for thousands of years because we know our Doctor is thousands of years old. So it suggests somewhat that the Fugitive Doctor isn't that far back because if she was hanging with him, either he needs the ability to travel through time or, or you know, hey, Yoda's thousands of thousands of years old. It's not impossible. But just I'm noticing that's that puts that character in a particular time and place. Right. The other thing is... So he was represented by Dan, Dan in the Doctor's Dream, who were the other two. Right. Who was Yaz replacing and who yeah. was Vinda replacing? And could it be Gat and Lee, the two oh, yeah. characters that we saw in Fugitive of the Jadoon? Because they right. knew each other. yes. The Ruth Doctor referred to Gat as, hello, old friend. Yes. Not a massive reveal, but interesting that we never saw the faces of those two characters. Yes. And if we did, that would really link them together and show that they had something more, a a bigger story to tell. But that's where I'm leaning at the moment. Oh, yeah,
0: I like that. And I I like the resetting of the Doctor, especially in the current climate, making her incredibly... Anti authority. Like the doctor has always been uh, that kind of uh, character, but now it's even more so embedded in her DNA that she is mm. constantly up against this CIA kind of version of uh, Gallifrey's <laughs> politics, you know. Uh, and mm. I, I, I hope that they don't get rid of them either. Like I like this uh, addition to canon.
1: Yeah, 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 and we're still we're still waiting for. Uh, Vinda made a reference again to, they promised if we if we took the chamber back that you'd yep. be clear. Meaning whatever the division has done to wipe the memory of the the fugitive Doctor Timeless Child, that will be back. That 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 version of the Doctor says, "Well, if you say so." I like that she had the cool coat too. I wasn't sure if that was important or not, or just a way of letting us know this is in a different time stream. Yeah. Um, the dark coat was a nice touch and, you know, allows a, a lot more collector's dolls to be put out there. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that one was, that was an interesting one as well. So theoretically after they saved the day, um, that, that memory should have been put back in. So what happens when Ruth gets back to division and remembering that when we first met her, her mind was still wiped and she was either in hiding or being hidden yeah. from someone or something. And we still don't know who sent uh the who was there was a contract out for Ruth. That's who the Jadun were after and the division yeah. were after. We still don't know who that contract was sent by. Who was the oh. contractor? and Gat said, I'm not I can't tell you that.
0: Oh so yeah. So that's
1: still out there too. So there's all this stuff that I'm thinking, maybe that's our big reveal. Maybe it's not, you know, oh my gosh, and Peter Capaldi's back to do a two-part or something.
0: Yeah. So I guess that kind of dovetails into the woman in white. And uh, I I didn't catch a name, but up in the credits, I, I don't know how you would pronounce this. Orsock is, seemed to be the name. Okay. Um,
1: uh, I was trying to work out who that was. Right, so that's her. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, what do you reckon's going on there? Is that a is that a future future Doctor in the Tom Baker in the fiftieth anniversary mould? Is that the White Guardian? Like, what do you think's Ooh, happening oh, there?
1: Wow, White Guardian! It excites me. Well, it's. Uh, I I hadn't properly looked at the credits. I mean, I, as in, I looked at the credits, saw that listed, and went, I don't know who that character was, but thought maybe that was the guy shaking Vinda's hand when it wasn't right. Yaz. I hadn't sort of connected that it was the woman. Um, so I initially thought it was maybe the Tech character, the one oh, who yeah. originally found the Timeless Child and the, the history of the Time Lords and the power of regeneration. But, yeah, this person is quite clearly... Living outside the universe, yeah, and is the reason the ravages were put back in, and the flux was set off, and just, I mean, what a, what a set of, well, not balls, I guess ovaries, you'd have to say. <laughs> you know what? I've just this universe is, just, I've, I've ruined this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this universe, yeah. Fuck it. Let's just control, alt, delete on this one. Yeah. Let's forget about this one, and we'll just go messing around with another one. So whoever it is is sitting pretty heavily top of the food chain. Uh, knows the doctor, but is also saying, "Ah, oh, look, just don't overthink it. This one, you know, you, you you need you don't need to worry about this one anymore. We're moving on to the next one." Um, yeah, I haven't thought about it much more than that. Actually, I, I probably need a bit more to chew on with her.
0: Yeah, it was pretty fascinating. Once again, like, you know, the third episode in uh, of a six-parter, and it's still introducing a couple of mysteries as it solves uh, or at least hints at solving at a few. But uh, she seemed yeah. to take it quite personally with the Doctor as well, which I found fascinating.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And just like, oh, could you just not be as annoying as you always are with this type of thing? Yeah. Um, and describe the ravages as a poison that was put, in as a yeah. remedy,
0: it's like a weapon as um, well. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's yeah. almost like um, you know you're injecting someone with something to eat away at the the disease inside.
1: It's like uh, I, I, I equated it to uh, chemotherapy. If you're going yeah. through cancer treatment, the uh, medicine that they give you is actually a toxic chemical that can have a more adverse reaction to you know when you when when um, anyone who knows anyone who's been through any kind of cancer treatment when your hair falls out it's actually not from the cancer it's from the treatment for the yeah. cancer yeah yeah so um so that's how i sort of saw this as well you know this we just have to carpet bomb this whole area and to do that we're sending the ravages in nice that we actually have a title for them now too yes yeah. Swarm as you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So also who has that power? Who's that person? Is uh, I'm, like, Again, I, there's still so many questions that uh, feel left unanswered. But in the past, I would be mad when something else would be brought up when you're like, we still haven't covered off what the hell this timeless child thing is and now you're dumping a new doctor on us. It's different now. Even with three episodes to go, because all of these episodes are dedicated to these main storylines, I have no concerns whatsoever. I get more and more excited with what there is to play with. Yeah. But I really do believe it will resolve itself.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling pretty damn what confident as well. I know. It's really exciting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did see, you know, kind of last week some people saying, oh, I hope they, I hope they stick the landing. And it's like, yeah, but you could think that about everything. Like, you could be halfway through a movie and think, I hope they stick the landing, or you could be listening to an album and think, jeez, I really hope they nailed the last song. It's like, why not just enjoy getting there? And then once yeah, you get there, you work it out.
1: You know, to make, a, to make a comparison, and I won't use too uh, I won't spoil it necessarily. But if you watch Broadchurch, the first season of Broadchurch that Jody Whitaker was in, so Chris Chibnall's written that, he did a very good job of, you know, there's a mystery to be solved and there's enough players that are put out there to be potential suspects and one by one you follow it down the rabbit hole and find no it wasn't that one or maybe that they were guilty but not of this crime of a different crime or some yeah. other misdemeanor and until you sort of find out that there's very few left and then you know the music stops there's one chair left and whoops this is who done it yeah so whether you wholeheartedly agree that that was the right person or it makes sense that that was the 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 murderer or not the idea is but if you're taken there the right way then i i find it's always satisfying you yeah. know and in the hands of one guy who has the vision, I have no doubt that the landing will be stuck because he's writing it. It's not being handed over to someone else or it's not being rushed and tacked onto the end of another script, which is normally how these work. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's interesting, isn't it? We forget that sometimes the yeah. the ongoing storyline is sandwiched into uh, someone's written a one-off Oh yeah, we'll just yeah. we'll add a line of dialogue here, a line of dialogue there, and that, that'll be kind of our coda.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or we're we're trying to do it in one episode because mm. the week before we were, you know, uh, fighting around with Cybermen, and now we have to kind of wrap it up uh we're on Gallifrey with Sasha Dewan and now all the secrets have to be revealed yeah you know you you didn't have three episodes to do that or an entire series to do that you're trying to cram it all into one episode so yeah I I feel that and when we say they it's now he it's Chris Chibnall how can you not feel that one person who has the vision from the outset knows where this is is leading (laughs) and then well if it's not where you thought it was going to go well that 's on you, but I absolutely feel that he will he will he will stick the landing, whether you get out and you 've landed where you want to land is kind of a moot point we will land safely i, yeah. I don 't doubt
0: it. I, I always think about uh, you know solo episodes against the ongoing narrative. One of the worst kind of examples of that was uh, Capaldi's doctor and Clara having an argument, and they're like, "I'm never going to travel with you again." Good, you're never going to travel with me. Then the very next episode, they're traveling together, and there's just some throwaway dialogue at the start. Well, th- I'm never traveling with you again after this that, adventure.
1: Yeah, this, this is the last one. <laughs> this is the last one. And I, because I have to go. We discussed this. Off yeah. camera, yeah, in between one episode and the last. That I, was, yeah, I found that a very frustrating uh series because of that. It was, yeah, it was very disjointed because you had, yeah, all these different elements that were put in there, and it's every episode is a different writer's vision of where the doctor and Clara are at, and you can be told in, in broad strokes, hey, this is it. But there's almost no better example than Game of Thrones when you're going off the actual books that were written by the guy who had this idea, he can tell you when you pass him scripting the TV series because he's long since stalled on finishing these books, you can tell him how did you see this ending and he can tell you this happens to this character and this happens to this character. It doesn't mean you can write it in a way that satisfies everybody because it wasn't your vision in the first place. Yeah. So it's different now. I think that this, I, I feel that this will be done the right way. Um, and I'm actually really excited. And I like that we don't have to wait 12 episodes for it. I think six is going to be perfect.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm totally with you on this. I've, uh- thoroughly enjoyed uh this season i've enjoyed finding out what the passenger was i thought great not as you said not a big revelation but a satisfying revelation uh you know uh, i'm like you brought up i'm curious to know who those other operatives were uh, the in the division there's heaps mm-hmm. more to find out and you know three episodes in three episodes to go i, I like where we're at
1: yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said of the things that are being put out there, the things that we are being told and then more importantly the things that we're not. When, when you know, you are, you know, why was it made clear that um, the Lupari character was Dan's character but we weren't shown the other two? Why show us any? You know why was it important that you knew that one of them, who one of them was, but not the other two? If it's not important, yeah. Um, and equally, why are you making a big deal of oh the vi- doctor doesn't the doctor doesn't know Vinda's name, never met Vinda before. Why would I even know this guy if yeah. it's maybe not in, an important thing down the track? Yeah. So yeah, I feel all there's a lot to play with, um, even though there wasn't as much with the swarm characters this week. Um, I still am finding this so thoroughly satisfying uh, week in, week out and excited to see where to next. And then I feel when we get to the last two, it's going to be all bets are off and you know, I can't wait, absolutely can't wait.
0: Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Uh, Thanks for jumping on the podcast today and uh, I'm looking forward to having a week of thinking about this and then catching up with you again for episode four next week.
1: Yeah, but just give me the end. Just give me the end of what I was in. You can't force me out.
0: Thank you to Ro for hanging out and chatting through the latest episode of Doctor Who. Uh, what a great episode and a fun chat also a big thank you to our patreon of the episode sarah bennett thank you for all of your support and i hope you enjoyed this podcast i'll be back tomorrow with ben elwood and i discussing david lynch's the elephant man and then again with ben on thursday with our next space Odyssey episode et and uh, for the patreon subscribers make sure you remember to download your q a episode with cameron james coming out on wednesday Let's finish today with a quote from John Bishop. Uh, I quite like this uh, quote, uh, maybe pretty much because it's uh, about being a comedian, and I thought you might find it interesting as well. John said, What you have to do as a comedian that I suppose is quite difficult is you have to end it. All the stuff I've ever done in the past, all the tours, no matter how good it was last year or the year before, that's gone. What exists this year only exists in this time and then it will be gone. About being a comedian, also about being a doctor, it felt perfect for this podcast. Until then.